Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we are talking to home inspector David Fairbairn. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 42, Life, the Meaning, uh, what's that, Life, the Universe, and Everything? Any Hitchhiker's uh, nerds? Am I the only Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy (laughs) nerd here? uh, Deep Thought came up with that, right? Thank you, yes. (laughs) I have support. Yeah. (laughs) uh, If you're wondering who that voice was, uh, that is David Fairbairn. We're going to be talking about home inspections today. Now, we've talked about home inspections before, both from a buyer's perspective and a seller's perspective. Those were episodes 12 and 13. But we thought it would be good to get a home inspector's perspective. And also, maybe David can correct... All of our horrendous... Fact, uh, fact check us. Yeah, fact check, fact Matt. Oh, that's a, a fact, tongue twister. Fact <laughs> checker. So before we get into it, uh, David has his own home inspection company. It is Fairbairn Inspection Services. They began seven years ago, and I say they, but David is a one-man show. And David has done over 3,000 home inspections in that time. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. What's what's going on in, in home inspection world? Oh, well, the... Uh, it's been good uh, lately uh, in terms of business. Uh, it started out pretty quiet at the beginning of the year, and uh, I think it always around Chinese New Year. It just kind of uh, gets really busy, and yeah, lots of calls coming in, and just uh, walking on icy roofs and all sorts of <laughs> <laughs> just just perfect. So yeah, nice. I think that most. Well, now because people are actually having inspections again, because there was a time when people, a lot of people weren't having them because they had to write subject free. You had to win the multiple offer. You had to pull your inspection. Yeah, that's just that you just killed your 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 offer if you had that. Yeah, that that was a hard time. I know <laughs> uh, it, it was really bad too. Like uh, on Sunday night, I would get five or six calls for Monday morning, and uh, then oh, so the inspections you were getting were so quick too, they were so quick, yeah. and they were all for the same time because offers would be due Monday at four. Did you ever get multiple calls for the same listing? Yeah, yeah, quite a few <laughs> times. Yeah, <laughs> I've inspected the same house about three times. I think was my record. Wow! Um, but it's uh, it doesn't you know, it doesn't always happen. But it would be like a really hot property. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the twenty was it twenty sixteen? I guess when when it was just yeah just crazy. Uh, and I would do uh, you know like Sunday I would do open house inspections. So I would go there when there was 20 people in the house and I would have to, you know, carefully do my job. It was it was difficult. As a realtor, that was my favorite when you're the listing agent. I had one listing in Coquitlam back then that two house inspectors were there inspecting during the open house. And the reactions from people walking through the door was like, oh, this is serious. Oh, okay. There are two? There are two home inspectors? <laughs> Trying to check your notes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know I didn't hire you, but uh, oh, people were good? walking up and being <laughs> like, "So did it? Did it pass? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you give me a bunch of free info that the other people paid for?" And then on Monday, I got calls from realtors being like, "Hey, my client wants to know: Did the person who had one of those home inspections did did they end up writing? <laughs> like trying to skip the process, trying to save five hundred bucks? Oh yeah, or, totally. Yeah, the, I I did have one of those in East Van where it was uh, they there was three home inspectors 
at the open house wow. and it was so crammed like it was this tiny little character home and i guess it was a, a good price for 2016 which would have been about six million dollars or whatever but uh they they had uh three inspectors and we actually just met in the driveway and we're like okay guys there's no way this is going to work if we don't team up on this. So I was like, okay, one guy didn't bring a ladder. So I'm like, okay, well, you're clearly... You're not roof guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you can borrow my ladder because apparently you don't bring a ladder to a home inspection. I don't know how you got business. but uh, And then the other guy agreed he would open the electrical panel and then he would leave it open for us. And then uh. the entire time we were walking around and it was just people just kind of silently standing behind me while I looked at the panel to see what my face did when I <laughs> saw the wiring. Like it was, it was really bad. What a weird time in real estate that was. Like that was yeah. surreal. I think for everybody, Matt, I'm, I'm glad that's behind us. Yeah, me too. Matt, you, you were kind of hinting at that you had something su- surprising to tell us. Oh, well, just that it's not something that you know is going on in my personal life. Okay. It's, it's well, anyway, it's mostly You're having just... a third child. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> it's definitely not happening. <laughs> uh, no, is I was going to mention I might come off as a bit distracted today. Uh, I have two dogs. Yeah, uh, one of them is ten, and the other is one year old. And the ten year old is probably as we speak in surgery right now. Oh, so he's on my mind. We're hoping he comes through okay. Um, and if it all goes through, he'll be much better, and he'll probably have you know a couple of good years in front of him. But he was getting to the point; is a mobility issue. Yeah. So it's got to be done, or he was going to be just disabled and grouchy. So yeah. he's under the knife right now, and we're hoping that by the time the show's over, we get some good news. Oh, I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's I why it's surprising. Keeps keeps all. What other secrets are you keeping? <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird. I kind of said goodbye to him this morning because the doctor warns you. They're like, when a dog's ten years old and you you put him under for a surgery, they don't always come out. Yeah. yeah so I, it's a weird way to leave the house. This morning. I, I can handle that, but yeah. Well, on that note, on that note, <laughs> uh, we've got a good show for everybody today. We're going to be just basically bombarding David with questions. Uh, we're going to get into maybe some inspection stories, and I think David has a question for us, which is a nice little change of pace. Um, but before we get into all of that, Matt, you got some news for us? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Uh, a common theme we're noticing in the news is a lot of different bodies from our real estate board in Greater Vancouver, Toronto Real Estate Board, even uh, representatives of different banks and other conglomerates who represent banks are lobbying to tweak the mortgage stress test. I don't know if you guys have been noticing this in the headlines. So, I heard, yeah, I've heard o- rumblings. OMC has been really, really trying yeah. to put a lot of so pressure on it. There's a lot it. of different bodies putting pressure on it. And I guess the, the crux of it is, is that as we know interest rates are rising, um, they're talking about, well, should there not be a bit of a sliding scale here on the stress test that it's relative to a rising interest rate? You know, if interest rates hit 4 or 5%, should you still have to qualify for right. 6 or 7%? Seven, right, yeah, because yeah, the historical average for the entire history of the country is about 6%. 
So if all of a sudden you're like, well, why am I having to qualify at like eight yeah. or whatever? That that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, so they're lobbying for some change there. And they're saying that they're noticing a lot of pressure on the price segments that are affordable. And it's creating competition just in that one segment because the stress test is preventing people from spending money where they used to in different price segments. So it's created these weird little hot price bands. Yeah, that, so that there always were, but now they, it's shifted them essentially. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's and it's really tightened up into a very specific band, and it's put even less probability on peeping a, people being able to move within the real estate world to move up from their condo to the next one. It's just it's kind of locked everybody into the same zone. Right. And moving up has become even more difficult. So the stress test might be preventing people from defaulting on their mortgage, but it's having a lot of other sort of trickle-down effects on the market. So these are the discoveries. There's different bodies lobbying for it. I noticed a lot of the feedback is like, you realtors, all you want to do is sell more by lobbying for this. But it's, you know, if we create pressure in one little segment, that doesn't make sense for an open free market. Yeah, and I I think... Yes, of course, us realtors want people to be able to buy homes. <laughs> like, that is our job. <laughs> like, An essential thing, yeah. housing. I think the big misconception is that we want prices to skyrocket. I want more people to be able to afford homes. Like, the more people who can buy, the better. I, I want it to be easier to buy a home, but I don't necessarily want prices to be insane because then not a whole lot of people can buy a home. And they're trying to, they're just try, they're trying to protect people so that they're not, you know, over leveraging themselves with with all this debt and things like that. That's right. Yeah. But you know, it's when the states sort of involving themselves. Like people will be able to, they should be able to, you know, regulate that on their own terms. Um, and and you're looking at people that have hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, in, in equity in these homes. They're not going to be walking away from the homes just because the interest rates go up and 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 folding, you know, on their on their their house, right? Yeah, I think the idea of a stress test is a good thing, but. Maybe it's just a little over, over the top. The, the this round of solutions, and I mean they've already modified it once. Yeah, was it like for you, Dave? Like from more of a consumer's perspective, seeing the stress test stuff, does it ring to you at all? Or uh, yeah, I I have to say, uh, if you throw a bunch of mortgage uh, sort of jargon numbers in front of me, I don't do that well. I do well with you know pipes and roofs, <laughs> but uh, I would say I can't hit the stress test with a hammer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, can I touch the stress test? What is it? Um, but I would say, uh, from my uh, my viewpoint, is I've had a lot of repeat business from people who the inspection passed, and then they would go and uh, their mortgage would their financing wouldn't get approved, and then the deal would collapse, and then they'd hire me for a less expensive property later. Right, and that's happened way more in the last little while. Uh, than ever before. That's a really that's, interesting comment. Yeah, so the stress test is good for home inspectors. So I actually, yeah, I actually support like three inspections per person is excellent. So we're going to yeah, elaborate we're actually on. Going to talk on that point in, in a bit. Well, I mean, that's a good segue. So that's an interesting uh, development in the news, and that's going to take probably years to really evolve. Uh, but there's an, an awareness now that the stress test as many government implemented things that have no real estate market have had, they don't have exactly the desired effect that they have trickle effects that were not. I don't for. think they anticipated how much they were going to blast it. No, 
no, not at all. So um, that's great, though. I, great insight, Dave. So we're going to get into some of that stuff in terms of conflicts and what that means for conflicts inspectors and realtors and uh, what it means for people in terms of when they should do their inspection because maybe they shouldn't have hired you to do it before their financing was approved. <laughs> so let's talk more about that whole process from beginning to end of hiring a home inspector. This episode is really uh, designed for the buyer in mind. So let's talk about that. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, you lost wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Right, so we're about to get into this here with David. Now, right before we do, I hope that our listeners have been enjoying the show. If you guys have been enjoying the show, uh, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you get your podcast from. This helps us find more listeners. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, uh, please subscribe. So... And I will add, oh. coming out of the news segment, we've had a few contributors uh, recommend stories to mention on the news, and those are always appreciated, too. You want to pawn off some of your research work? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Please, curate the news for me, and, and send those. It's always in the show notes, but feedback at morealestateshow.com. Thank you. Perfect. Now, David... Let's start at the very beginning. Why did you become a home inspector? Your origin story. My yes. origin story. Well, it started with my parents being killed, but no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it was um, – I, I was an engineer before this. I was a power engineer, uh, and I worked in commercial buildings, and I got really tired of being in the same building every day, all day. And I really wanted some adventure, um, and it was around 2010, 2011 that my, uh, my wife – uh, got a bunch of these entrepreneur books. Do you guys know those ones, like the Four Hour Work Week and the, the Four Hour Work Week? Dad and I, I love the Four Hour Work. We could do a whole episode talking about how much I love that book. The title is a lie. It's a it's a complete lie, but it's a great book. It should be like <laughs> yeah. you will try this and end up working eight hours. But yeah, um, but, but but we got a whole bunch of those books. My she just she really gets into one thing for a short period of time, and she was really into these entrepreneurial books and. She's like, that's it. We got to, uh, you know, stop working for the man and we got to be self-employed and all this stuff. What, what was your wife doing at the time? Uh, she was working for the man. Okay. Uh, and she, no, she was, uh, she was working for a uh, musical theater uh, school. That's not the man. <laughs> well, it's, it's like the opposite of the yeah. man. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's the arts yeah, man. Yeah. The yeah. Arts, yeah the, the, under the thumb of musical theater. Uh, but uh, yeah, she um, she had uh, you know we 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 knew we wanted to start a small business, but I wasn't sure what would what would work. And then uh, it was one of those things where I just uh, I was talking to a bunch of people and just home inspections constantly came up because people were like, oh, Dave, you can teach really well. You mm. can take a really complicated concept and you can uh, put it into uh, lay terms. And uh, that's your strength. Like I talk really well and I can explain things quite well. So um, everybody seemed to think, oh, well, you know, this would actually be a really good avenue. So I looked into it and uh, I did a ton of research on it. Uh, and um, I remember talking to the guy at the trade school and I said, well, you know, is there room uh, for more home inspectors in, in Vancouver? And he said, if you're, if you're good, there is. If, if you do a great job, 
there's always room for more inspectors. There's, there's, you know, inspectors come and go, but he said, if you, if you really focus on doing a great job. And, and so I, I just made it my life to, uh, to, you know, on weekends I would go out, I would follow contractors, I would follow home inspectors. And, uh, I, at the same time we were actually uh, having our first baby. So it was a really, uh, you know, burning the, the candle at both ends kind of situation where good time to start a business. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, and as soon as I got my uh, uh, ticket, uh, I I quit my job and I just went right into it. And and it was hard. You know, the first the first six months was was really really challenging. I think we actually missed a mortgage payment. Uh, speaking yeah. of mortgages, uh, so it was it was really tough. And then at, at that time, actually. Uh, Remax Advantage, uh, a few agents here had had started to use me, and and the business started coming natural. And I realized that really it's it's all word of mouth. Uh, if 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 you have a good reputation, then then your business just builds itself. So yeah. then at that point, um, I was doing a you know you know the odd inspection here and there. It was enough to to make a living. And then things really obviously the market kicked into high gear about two years later. So hmm. and that's when I really uh, went from you know, uh, from doing it kind of casually to really being, uh, heavy duty. So is your wife part of the team? Uh, no, no, she does some bookkeeping, uh, but she, I try to keep her out of my business. So did Don't she tell go her. off and start her own entrepreneurial? Uh, she adventure? did. She opened a music school in New Westminster. Oh, so cool. we actually have a music school, uh, downtown New West. Yeah. Uh, it's called music box. Uh, it's in, they compete with Neil Doug. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it depends if he listens to this podcast or not, but, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a Matt Brabin's Neil Doug connection. This is all I was saying. Is there? Okay. Um, good or bad? Oh, good. Good. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Yeah, Matt, okay. Matt, Matt's wife is, a, is, uh, basically running, running Neil, Neil Doug. Neil Doug's son-in-law. Yeah. Matt is, Matt is, is related. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, there's actually a lot of uh, business for, for, for music schools. I know Neil Douglas does pretty well and, um, you know, we've always done well. And uh, yeah, it's it's really, it's a good business. And I didn't think it would be when, when she first launched it. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I'll be quite candid. I, you know, I really didn't think, you know, I thought music school, you know, I yeah. don't know if you'll make any money doing this, but it ended up being pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, uh, so we both went into business for ourselves, and and uh, ever since I've been doing it uh, full time, and I just love it. And uh, people want to know, uh, the listeners, uh, how tall are you? I am six foot five. Six five, okay. Yeah. Like Matt and I are pretty tall, and and Jeff is average, um, but you're yeah six five, okay. It's pretty yeah, tall. Uh, it's actually kind of nice because it actually helps people remember me. Uh, when they see me, they're like, "Oh, you're the you're the tall the tall home inspector." Yeah, I'll, I'll actually hear people talking about me. The and tall be guy, like the tall home inspector. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like you're. Uh, it's easy to remember me. Jeff's totally triggered right now on our heightest. I, I'm. Are not, you above average? Sorry. I'm definitely not above average. I I married uh, a five foot two lovely lady so that I could feel tall. Um, <laughs> No, I'm I'm five eleven. That's that's like average, oh, you're right? Average, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's just the 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 heightest attitude of the room. It's like, oh yeah, no, we like to talk about being tall. Yeah, let's all yeah. let's all have a big chat about how tall we are. You know We're how people so remember amazing. me because I'm tall. Yeah, <laughs> all the six foot and ups are gonna have a little conversation. What's the best here? part of of being so tall? Looking down on the rest of you. <laughs> Well, okay. th- yeah, thanks for answering that question. That's good. I, I mean, I think in, in stating how you became a home inspector, it does really help our listeners who are listening to this maybe thinking they have a home inspector inspection in the near future for them. And they're like, how do I choose a home inspector? 
right? And because like you said, there are a lot of them out there and there are, there are good ones and there aren't necessarily some who do uh, quite as good a job. And, you know, that's a difficult thing to navigate if you're not getting a recommendation or maybe for some people who don't trust the recommendation from their realtor. It's a lot of different places to start. Yeah, I actually hear that a lot. I hear I actually get contacted on the web a lot, and people are like, "Yeah, I don't trust my realtor, and uh, I want to hire." And I, why are you working with I, that's that what realtor? I thought, too, yeah. <laughs> I'm always surprised. I'm like, why are you working with somebody that you literally don't trust? Like, I think that would be like a fairly foundational uh, thing to to, yeah. to have when you're selecting a realtor, like somebody you actually trust. Uh, but yeah, no, they actually, I get contacted a lot and they're like, oh yeah, my realtor gave me a, uh, you know, an inspector's name and, uh, I think he's, you know, uh, good friends with them and right. he's going to just pass the house no matter what, cause they want to get their commission. Uh, so yeah, no, that, that unfortunately does happen. I don't know if that's more of a public perception thing than an actual thing that, that happens, but, well, and, and um, those things do happen. The, yes. There, there are, I, I've told these guys about this before, but. I had a listing where a home inspector ran into the building. He had a thermal imaging camera. He scanned each room with the thermal imaging camera, passed me his card, said, home inspection done, it's passed, passes every time. And then he walked out. And as the listing agent, I was fine with it because I, you know, my (laughs) job is to represent the seller's best interest. But I was like, who is this guy? And how did, how did this happen? And, and... I feel really bad for that guy's buyer who did not get, I'm sure, what he thought he was paying for. There's, yeah, there's some weird stuff that happens. Yeah, that, that would be uh, – it sounds like he violated a number of uh, the standards of practice in BC. Like all uh, of them? Yeah, like, like all <laughs> Actually, the one thing that's not in the standards of practice is thermal imaging. So he literally did everything except for what he was supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> I would, uh, I would, I would keep his business card, but not for that reason. I'd probably warn people against. Oh yeah, no like kidding. That. Can you expand uh, on that a little bit in terms of standards of practice? The different bodies that sort of can represent home inspectors in the province. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's uh, several organizations that you can belong to, and they all have their own standards of practice. So when you complete, uh, let's say, uh, you know, Douglas College or BCIT, and you have your uh, your ticket. Uh, you would go and uh, join an organization, and there's about three or four. There's one really big one in BC, and then there's a few others scattered around. Uh, I I don't think they're they're that different, honestly. But I'm sure I'll get probably an email after this podcast <laughs> saying, "Okay, well, you know, don't you know that there's some benefits?" Uh, but it, it's a professional organization, and then uh, you have to uh, be a member of that, and then have. Uh, a certain amount of insurance, and at that point, you get your consumer protection uh, BC license. And this is from this is a government issued license. So this is after regulation came in in uh, 2009. Hmm. So before that, the qualifications were you had a flashlight. It was literally maybe a ladder, yeah. and anybody maybe could a be ladder, a home yeah. Yeah. yeah, or a thermal imager. <laughs> yeah. he, he was probably pre-regulation. So once um, you take the course before you get your your government issued, it's a BC issued. Um, Certificate or not? Uh, yeah, it'd be a, a license. They a just license. want to make sure that you're with one of those organizations. Yeah, like you have to approved. be with them, uh, and they have to be accredited and by can, the government. Pick, okay, yeah, and, and you can uh, pick any of them. Yeah, you can pick any of them, and there's a couple differences, mostly in terms of um, how active they are in in sort of lobbying and and training and, and a number of other factors. I actually don't. Well, okay, I'm. I would. <laughs> the one I'm with, uh, I may. Uh, eventually look at other alternatives. But 
Um, but they all have their own standards of practice. And what they basically figured out early on during regulation is we need to come up with a set uh, list of the minimum things that a home inspector has to look at as part of his job. Right. And they, they really, really labored over this because, um, for instance, appliances. Okay, those are usually included with the sale. They have an extremely high failure rate. It's one of the top fines, I find. In BC, they decided that appliances were not actually required to be inspected. Which is funny because if an inspector doesn't inspect the appliances, I think most buyers would question are upset that's right yeah Yeah. and there's still a good number of inspectors that don't actually inspect appliances but if you go to uh i believe california or texas i can't remember they actually require that you test appliances Mm -hmm. so um that minimum standard is called their standards of practice but it's very uh you know you don't have you don't have to open electrical panels uh which i find crazy because how would you know if you have aluminum wire or knob and tube wiring like i i don't know how you would tell the customer anything useful about their electrical system if you couldn't open the, the panel uh another thing is we're not required to move anything so right. i mean if there's a, a like let's say a, a porch and it's enclosed and there's a door i don't even have to open that door i literally just have to stand and stare at the porch and i would literally be doing the minimum so there's a lot of opportunity for going above and beyond that but if you do uh you inherit some uh liability issues and i i'll be honest i have had a couple dishwashers and ovens blow up on me where yeah. I and I had to, you know, like in one case, I had to cut a check because the oven blew up. <laughs> so I had to buy the guy a new oven. But because you touched it last, because I touched it last, it was it yeah. was it was it was my fault, hundred percent. And um, but that's a risk that I think, in terms of the all the inspections I've ever done, I've made way more back in that through referrals of people who are happy that they didn't buy a house with a leaking dishwasher. Yeah. You know, if, if in my uh, opinion, you know, it's much better to have me find the leaking or exploding appliance than the customer moves in on their day and you guys hand over the keys and it's this big, nice feeling. Here's your new keys to your new totally. house and their dishwasher leaks all over their brand new floor. Well, I appreciate that because then it's us who's buying the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, which financially was a good, good yeah. for me, but yeah, I, I think um, I think that that really the, the the minimum standards are our minimum. It would be like the BC Building Code. Like if you build a house just to code, uh, there's a lot of room for for improvement. If you were like not a home inspector, and you needed to hire an inspector, um, like I guess it's like real estate, right? There's ton of different brokerages, and there's good and bad with with anything. Um, are there I guess I don't know if you, maybe you can't even really say anything about it. Because which association all, or which? Yeah, like is there like I would always hire somebody from like this organization versus the other, just um, a p- more I, a personal thing. Yeah, I, I think it's not even like a brokerage in that respect because there's no brokerages that have just an like there's no associations that just have an awful reputation uh, versus some brokerages I can probably name one new. You can. B- brokerage yeah. that you can name it you yeah. cannot yeah. Yeah. okay yeah, i don't want to violate anything here. uh but i can you know there there would be some where there are issues but um i think for associations that in my opinion there's there's not enough difference i think that any consumer would would really choose one over the other i'd, I'd probably okay. choose the inspector um probably more important to me would be what he did before he was an inspector and how long he's been an inspector uh i remember when i was in school uh uh, taking the, the course, I mean, there was guys that were uh, driving uh, taxis and, and semi-trucks, and they, that was their job, and they had zero construction experience, and they would go and take the course. And it's, right. it's really hard to uh, go into being a building expert 
Yeah, you guys need so much knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you really, you really have to uh, to have a background, and and that's the thing is, I would probably, if you're interviewing home inspectors, find out a how long they've been doing it. If it's only a couple of years, find out what they did before, because if they were a contractor for twenty years, that that's a pretty good pretty, sign. Yeah. You know, they probably yeah. know how a bathroom is constructed. You know, they know how a uh, uh, an attic should look. Mm-hmm. You know, these are things that yeah. you, you, I don't think you would know just by going to school. So I want to move on and talk a lot about the actual process of the inspection, and there's a lot of a lot of meat to it. Uh, but one more thing for folks who are choosing their home inspection, what to do? I think it's important when we talk to our clients to understand what you're getting from that. Like when you pay for an inspection, you're getting a service provided, but you're also getting a report. So uh, when you're when you're looking at choosing an inspector, you know David's saying you're interviewing a few. You should think about how is that report going to be uh, provided? Is it email or is it a written report? Uh, when will it be provided to you? immediately after the inspection? Is it going to be uh, a five-hour turnaround, a next-day turnaround? Because that could be really important in terms of when you schedule your home inspection. And then the tools that they use, because we've talked about thermal scans. Jeff, you mentioned that. The only tool you need. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently. Uh, But some inspectors don't carry them or moisture meters, right? I know, Dave, you use two different ones because sometimes you get a false positive. So is that a really important question to ask a home inspector? If you do, you do thermal scans. Do you have like certain moisture meters, or should you trust that if they've got good reviews, that that person can do the job? Yeah, not necessarily. Uh, I would say, yeah, the, the tools would be a huge part of it. I mean, I, my tool bag is is worth thousands of dollars, and and I have uh, two thermal cameras, two moisture meters, uh, you know, uh, drills, carbon monoxide detectors, mirrors, just everything, uh, and. And I, again, all those go above the minimum standard, but they help me to do my job better. So, uh, and I think that's a big point is the thermal imaging. We were talking about that. Uh, if any listeners aren't familiar with thermal imaging, it's a, it's basically you're reading, uh, heat signatures, uh, on, let's say you pointed at a wall, you would read the heat signature of the wall based on, uh, infrared light. And it would tell you a lot about what's going on behind the wall. It's not an x-ray, uh, camera. I hear that sort of term uh, tossed around a little bit, especially with uh, TV shows like Homes on Homes where he uses it and he's like, oh, I can see right through the wall. It's the predator vision. Yeah, it's yeah, the predator. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so the, the, Watch the movie and you'll know what, what he's talking about. Yeah, watch, watch Predator uh, and um, uh, or any spy movie. You know, they use it a lot. Uh, and, and essentially what you're doing is you can see uh, heat loss. So uh, usually you would have missing insulation or you would have uh, water in drywall. Uh, water has a very distinct thermal signature when it's in drywall. So if you have a roof leak uh, or a wall leak, and even if somebody's painted over it, you can still catch it way before you could see it with your eyes. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've found routinely, you know, even newer houses where the toilet will leak into the, the ceiling of the kitchen and, and you can't see it with your eyes. So the thermal imaging, I think, would be a deal breaker for me. If I were hiring a home inspector, I would, I would absolutely um, – uh, look for somebody that did that. Uh, I should point out that you actually need a fair amount of training to do it. Uh, yeah. And this is kind of a, a, a bit of a sticking point for a lot of inspectors that have been doing thermal for a long time. And then you've got some guy who launches his business and he goes out and buys a, a cheapo thermal camera and all of a sudden he's a thermal inspector, but he doesn't know what he's looking at. So he, he's pointing it at the, the walls and he's <laughs> like, oh, you got a leak here and mold here. And it's all wrong. Right. Yeah. He doesn't know how to calibrate his camera. He doesn't know. He's just doing it for show. It's more of an advertising thing. So uh, I would find out, you know, if they've been trained and what, you know, are they using a because you can get a thermal camera at Canadian Tire for 350 bucks or right. you can get and I've got it. I can show it to you uh, yeah. I, or you can get one for five or six thousand dollars, which is what I have. So, um, you know, just virtue of having it, it doesn't necessarily 
make you great at, at, at using it. So I, I think that would be something that I would, I would check their training. The, the best catch I saw in the last couple months was a brand new home with, and the inspector did the thermal camera and a whole section of the radiant uh, heating system was not operating properly. And the builder had no idea and they fixed it because it was brand new and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, was, so you would never really, see that, right? You would never see that. Like, right, right. Yeah. And, and it was pretty cool too. Like when he held up the camera, you're like, oh, there are the pipes, there are the pipes, there. There's nothing. And then, oh, there are the pipes, <laughs> there are the pipes, there are the pipes. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and imagine trying to yeah. figure that out prior to, to having a thermal camera. You would just walk on the floor and be like, oh, it's kind of cold here. And you'd never be able to prove it. Yeah. And it was a uh, small enough section that you'd feel like, eh, am, I, am I feeling this or am I not? Yeah. It was, it was a really cool. Cool catch. It's they, were able yeah. to, they were able to fix it. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. I know a lot of builders who get nervous when you pull out a thermal camera at their house. <laughs> yeah. You know, when they're, they're like, oh, okay, he's just going to come and look around. Because they're used to the city inspectors who just kind of show up and quickly look around. But, yeah. you know, you pull out a thermal camera and all of a sudden they're going, oh, shoot, did I put uh, insulation in the you know that one wall? <laughs> like, I, I really, you yeah. know, they, they get nervous because okay. it, it's really an amazing technology. I want to talk more about that then. All right. Talking about new construction. So a new detached house from a builder. So comes with a two five ten warranty or a brand new condo, low rise or high rise. He built it for himself. <laughs> yeah, two five ten warranty. Yeah, now, see that that that's like the biggest red flag. Yeah, right yeah, he built it for himself. No, he didn't. No, he, he built it to sell a year later. So it's a little different from condos to detached houses. I think people put a lot more weight in having an inspection done on a detached house um, versus a condo. But can you comment on what you think about doing an inspection on a brand new condo? Because people get to do their deficiency walkthrough. They walk around with a roll of green tape and say, here's the little things I want touched up. We hear it a lot. Like, oh, why? I don't need to. Yeah, I just It's brand new. I'll put the tape down. And it's under warranty. Yeah. Why do I need to hire a guy like David? Right, right. And they, they really, uh, the developers are very good at sort of giving that reassuring, like, oh, it's not, you know, you have a full warranty. You really have to look into what the warranty covers. Uh, it's not as comprehensive as, as they sometimes make it out to be. A lot of the claims that you would have that would have been fixed by the developer would be denied by a warranty company. So you would have something like, let's say, um, you know, a small nick in the counter. Uh, you know, that would be only covered by a warranty if you can see it from six feet away. They love their within spec. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, and, and siding is worse. It's 20 feet. So if, if you have a, a missing paint on the, the outside of your house, it's actually 20 feet away. If you can't see it, it's not covered. I don't think I can so, see anything from 20 feet away. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. How to do and I used to do these inspections. and it was, it was horrible. I'd take a measuring tape and I'd measure myself 20 feet away from the house. And I would stand there and go, well, I can't see it. And the guy would be like, but the, the siding's falling off. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't see it. Uh, so I, I would say, uh, uh, yeah, 100%. I don't think I've ever, like anecdotally anyways, I don't think I've ever had a customer who didn't say, hey, you know what? Initially, I wasn't going to do an inspection, and then I did, and you didn't find any more than I would. I never had somebody say that. I've, I've always had somebody say at the end of an inspection, hey, you know what? Uh, I wasn't going to do it. I got talked into it by my father-in-law, and I'm really happy I did. And we don't always find something groundbreaking. Uh, you know, sometimes it'll be... 
uh, little things here and there, and we just, okay, this door frame is crooked, and the builder fixes it. But I've had, like, uh, really reputable developers with big misses. Mm. I had one where they had um, totally botched a flooring installation, and it was a Cressy build, and it was excellent. Um, so, uh, or generally they're excellent, but they, they had totally botched this floor, and they got all new flooring in their kitchen. So there, there are some things that... Uh, uh, you you just wouldn't see until you move in, and, and maybe a year later you would start to notice it. But an inspector has that trained eye where I walk in and I'm like, oh, this is crooked, you know, and I can see things right away. Well, I also think it's harder to justify when you're the buyer to say, like, you have to replace this flooring. It's wrong. Yeah. It's it's easier to just stand behind it when it's your report. The buyer when, can... when you can just hand the developer the report, that's powerful. I appreciate that as the realtor because a lot of times it's us negotiating for our clients being able to just yeah. hand them the report and be like, this is what was found. We're not messing around with you. This was somebody else. But we I need think you have a lot fixed. easier uh, time getting the work done. That's yeah. the that's the time or because you can just be screwed after opportunity that. missed. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't know what's normal. Right. Like if if uh, if I'm going to buy a new condo and I'm, I'm uh, Mr. Homeowner and I've maybe owned one house before. Uh, and I go and buy a brand new property, I might not know what's normal for new construction right now. I don't know what new construction looks like or is supposed to look like in 2018. And I don't know what's um, what's acceptable and not. And, and having a third party there is a huge uh, thing. Like you said, handing the report to the developer and being like, see, it's not just me complaining. It's yeah. actually this third party licensed home inspector who says that it's wrong. Uh, yeah. So that's that's actually a huge part of it. I, I wanted to ask... Um, what is the most common thing you find in home inspections? Like, what's the thing that just you're like, yep, every condo I do, it's the exact same thing. Every condo. Okay, well, there's two categories. There's condo common finds, and then there's detached common finds. So I'll go into the condo. Yeah. Um, I call it the big four. So okay. basically, any condo that's older than a couple of years is going to have one of four big projects at some point coming up. And that's going to be your parking membrane. Yeah. Uh, so that's your waterproofing coating on top of your parkade structure. Uh, I can think of many in New West that have – actually, there's about three projects going on right now in New West with, with parking membranes. Uh, piping. Uh, we have really bad uh, plumbing issues in condo buildings here in the lower mainland. Even even newer buildings built like 2005, 2006, they actually have repiped some of those buildings already Yeah, because uh, they use uh, cheaper copper. Uh, the roof uh, is a really common one. This is why we usually like to see the roof when we go to a, a home inspection so we can we can check out the condition because the reports and the strata minutes don't always – Do you go on roofs? Always, yeah, if I can. Because some home inspectors aren't doing that anymore. Yeah, I think the uh, it's more the strata I find that they're like, oh, we don't want anybody up there for liability. Yeah, um, but I always go on the roof if I yeah. can. Yeah, yeah. I are there other inspectors not going on roofs? Is that- I I was told a few years ago that a home inspector fell off a roof and died, and then at that point in time, there were a bunch of guys that decided uh, maybe I'm not going to go on these high rise roofs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the validity to that. Like I've, I've never seen it in the news or anything, but that's what a home inspector told me. And I actually, yeah. I had a couple home inspectors mention it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've heard whisperings of that. I'm not sure the exact situation yeah. with that, but, um, and like, I know a lot of stratas are, it's getting harder and harder to get on the roof in a strata. Yeah. They, they get nervous from a liability standpoint. Um, and, and there have been a couple really hairy situations where, where I've been let up into the roof and the attic hatch is lo- or the roof hatch is located a foot away from the edge of the roof. Yeah. So if you had climbed up and just stepped back, you would just fall off a four-story building. So, uh, yeah, it can be dangerous. Um, but, again, I, I, I think it's important to at least stick your head up through the, the roof hatch. If you don't want to walk on the roof, at least just look at it and say, okay, well, the roof is 
uh, you know, a 25-year-old tartar and gravel roof, it's probably going to need replacement pretty soon. Yeah. And at least then you can give the, the client an idea, uh, you know, if, especially if they don't have a depreciation report. Yeah. If they have just to see the material they used, right? Just to see, yeah, is yeah. it a is it a torch on? Is it brand new? Is it old? You know, sometimes that information is legitimately not available. I've actually gone to several condos where they they don't have a depreciation report and nobody knows how old the roof is. Yeah. We look on like satellite imagery sometimes, so we can kind of check it out. But even then, it's hard to get the resolution to tell. So, right, and and they're usually three years old. Yeah. So <laughs> you go out there and you're like, see, this roof needs replacing. They yeah. just did it last week, right? So. Um, so we, I, I think we derailed you there. You, the big that was, four that was were membrane, three. pipes, roof. Uh, and the leaky condo crisis. Which you can go back and listen to the last episode to hear all of our thoughts on. Right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, go back and listen to episode 41. 41. Yeah. Uh, and you'll learn all about that. But building envelope issues are uh, the most expensive out of the four. So at any given time, you know, one of those four issues uh, generally is on, if not right away, it's on the horizon. Yeah. So almost any building. So that would be the most common finds is those. What would you say is the most common minor find? Like just a little annoying thing that doesn't cost the buyer much, but you always see all the time. Uh, somebody pulled out the garburetor and left the wires dangling Ooh. below the kitchen sink every second one. Every, <laughs> every second house. <laughs> Just I'm put sure some you caps the, on the wires. And yeah, they just marette the wires and, and they wrap tape around it and then they leave it like laying against a pipe. Yeah. You know? I thought it would have been bathroom like caulking or like shower tiles. moisture. Yeah. yeah, shower moisture. Do you guys get that on your listings a lot where uh, the, there's water behind the tiles? Don't usually don't, but you can usually tell like the yeah. caulking or the like, yeah. caulking's like peeling or, or bad, but, but also just, you know, if you start to see that there's grout that's actually like little pieces have remove themselves yeah yeah like, there's yeah. pits in the grout yeah that's usually a big one uh and it, it's really common it's like every probably every third one i have some sort of shower problem i, I was gonna guess um steel braided hoses for the washer oh dryers. the washer oh, i feel like that gets brought it, like if they've actually put those in that's more surprising than if yeah. they're, they're not <laughs> i know and I, I always point it out like they actually did it yeah like, yeah in case uh have you guys talked about that? No, just, you can uh, fill our listeners in on okay, what I'm so, talking about. Um, it, when you buy a, a washer and dryer, they often like they'll give you these cheap plastic hoses, and uh, when you hook up your washing machine, you have hot water flowing through one of the hoses all the time. And not only that, but a washing machine has uh, a, a valve that opens and closes to modulate the temperature. So you've got this valve opening and closing and slamming and banging this poor hose. So the pressure is rising and falling really rapidly in these hoses. And they, over time, they just degrade, uh, just like an old car tire, and then they, they will leak. And it's, it's such a problem with these older um, uh, hoses that they just burst all the time. And, and you see it in strata minutes. You know, there's just, I can name a few buildings where they've had like three different washing machine hoses just pop and it just floods everybody else's unit so it's kind of a uh, like a meme with uh, home inspectors to (laughs) recommend uh, replacing them and I got so uh, like I just I have a template in my reporting software and I have a photo of the hoses these steel braided hoses that won't burst on you and I'll put the words install these and I'll draw an arrow pointing to the back of the washing machine and I just do that every time and like I said, I, or like you said, uh, we're surprised to actually see somebody has upgraded them. Yeah. Um, but people are getting better. I think some some stratas are, are doing every every unit. But Just buy them in bulk, put them in uh, gift baskets. I, I've Wine, actually thought cheese, about that. Wine, cheese, crackers, well, steel yeah. braided lines. They're not expensive. <laughs> no. 
No, it's more a hassle to install them. Yeah. Sometimes because you got to pull the machine out or something, right? But everybody everybody needs them. Yeah. So what about uh, what about on the detached side on houses? Detached side, um, do it yourself electrical. <laughs> uh, number one by a long shot <laughs> you see this this was a problem before and then youtube got invented and it's and made so, it better uh no <laughs> more prevalent it made it more something um but yeah everybody thinks that they can wire in uh anything now and it's it's really dangerous. I don't know if anybody's seen or received an electrical shock. Um, I know sometimes home inspectors get sort of, oh, yeah, he's making it, you know, like we find an uh, electrical problem and then the, the realtor will say, oh, well, he's just making a big deal out of it. It's an easy fix. It might be an easy fix, but but electrical is, is you really have to be careful with it. Um, if, if everything isn't, the, the code, the electrical code exists for the very reason that to make houses not burn down and people get shocked. And, and it's very important that you, you have a, an electrician actually do the work. It's not that expensive, and, and doing it yourself could be really dangerous. I've seen people rewire their own uh, sub-panels in their house. Uh, I, the one the other day, the guy had uh, just this mess of wires you know, hanging down behind the, uh, the, his fridge and his kitchen, and, and there was kids in the house. You know, They could easily reach out and grab it. So that, that's definitely the number one find. Oh, that's really scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, you know, it's all about how you present the the findings to the to the buyers. Uh, you know, I usually preface it by saying this is not expensive, but you need to do it. It's 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 you know you need to do this before you move in so that you don't you aren't at risk. So it's all about framing it properly. A lot of electrical work is, is cheap to do. I mean, electricians, you know, hundred bucks an hour, and the equipment's usually not that expensive. So uh, compared with other other projects, anyways. so there's, there's a real balance to delivering the message. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I I I, I really. Uh, that was the big thing that I, that I learned in my first two years is how to actually deliver information to people. And, and it's really, uh, I heard one person call it like a bedside manner. Like he really, you're like a doctor delivering bad news to people because they, they're looking at their dream house. They're so excited and you went in and you found a problem in their house. But what I think is a problem may not be a problem to the buyer. Or, or as big of a problem as maybe I think it is, or, or vice versa. If I find a bad hot water tank that needs replacement, uh, they may get really ups, upset about that, and, and that could be a deal breaker for them. So you just don't know. So it's really about phrasing it properly and saying, okay, uh, you know, your hot water tank is 12 years old. It's not leaking right now, but I recommend replacing it, and it's about a 1000 bucks. I don't have any problem yeah. giving a, a verbal, uh, you know, cost estimate. I, I never put it down on paper that that could open us up to, uh, to liability later, but I always try to preface it. You know, people don't know, you know, they watch home and garden TV and, you know, sometimes you'll see those reno shows where they're like, Oh, this is a $10,000 problem, or this is a $500 problem. You, you just don't know unless somebody tells you. In, in my mind, that's the difference between maybe a good home inspector and a really great home inspector is a good home inspector really knows what they're talking about, but a great home inspector knows whether the message that they're delivering is landing. Like there's a real people side to your business as well. I'll, I'll never forget. I, I had a really good friend of mine uh, buying a home and um, he knows nothing about anything to do with maintaining his home. And Chad would have no problem with me uh, <laughs> calling him out on that. Cause it's true. Um, and the home inspector was talking about the dangers of not having a GFI switch in the bathroom because it, it was an older home and it wasn't there. And 
and he was freaking out and talking about like this can cause fires and this can do this that and the other thing and he didn't pick up at all that chad was freaking out and this isn't a huge cost fix right those are about 30 dollars. yes exactly (laughs) like and and the flip side too right like if you're telling something that should be freaking the client out and they're not you a good home inspector or a great home inspector need knows to like oh i maybe need to push this harder like they're not hearing what a big problem this is because they're so in love with the home like there's a real goldilocks problem here of like don't scare them over nothing but also make sure that they get it, the really important stuff. Yeah, and I'll, I'll really drive home if it's a major issue where it would impact uh, the entire house and, yeah. and it's, just a, it's just a raw deal for them. Like I will – I think maybe five or ten times in my career I've been like you – I recommend you don't buy this house. Like, yeah. And the realtor has been standing right there and I'm like, <laughs> you should not buy this house. You should collapse this deal and walk away. And, and sometimes I can tell they're just way over their heads. And, yeah. and that's – it's a rare case but it does happen and then, then you have to know when to do that. Like I had this one young couple and they wanted to buy an ex-grow-up house and they were just way over their heads. Like they had no idea what they were getting into. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how major this is. Like, and I I really, but you know, nice about it. But I said, look, you know, as your, as your property inspector, I advise you to really look at this because, um, this isn't a $30 GFI. This is, this is, you know, this would impact your ability to sell the house later. You may not even be able to sell your house. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty serious. So, um, yeah, framing it is everything. And, and like you said, that's a difference between probably a, a good inspector and a great inspector. And I, I, the inspectors that I know that get a lot of uh, referrals from uh, uh, realtors uh, will be presenting the, the information really clearly yeah. and fairly to the client. Uh, and that's, I think that was one of your, your topics that you were going to talk about is sort of, you know, working with realtors, but I know a lot of, uh, most of the, the realtors that I work with on a daily basis, they will, they want us to find the major issues, but they want us to also explain it in real world terms about what it means to the, to the house. Like you said, the GFI, Yeah. you know, if I'm going on a big rant about a GFI, Hey, I still found the GFI problem. It needs to be fixed, but it's, again, it's 30 bucks. So, you know, you have to frame it. Yeah, I, I like a solution-focused inspector who presents the problem and then also is like, hey, here's what you can do about it and helps them really understand how big of a job or isn't a big job. And there's, you know, yeah. there's like, yeah, just that perspective of what, what you're sort of dealing with. Um, I think it's hard, too, for buyers. Like, if you're looking, you might have a buyer buying one of the lower-end buildings in town or one of the cheaper buildings. And, and you know, you, yeah, you got to be careful because it's like, yes, there's problems with the building things that will be coming up. But because of this person's budget, everything that they're looking at will have that same situation. So, I mean, that's a, an element of like the perspective of, yeah, nothing's going to be perfect. You're buying a 1970s building. They'll all be in different sort of um, different places in the, in the lifespan for, for repair items and things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I think a lot of people who aren't in the industry underestimate how emotional a real estate transaction can be. This is a hundred percent. I do commercial inspections and those are not emotional at all. Those yeah. are like, you know, a bunch of investors buying an office building and they just want a number. But um, but for a residential purchase, even investment properties, even from people who have done it time and again, it's always really, really emotional. And they remember every word you say. If I stand in the kitchen and I make some off-the-cuff comment or some candid comment, they will take that and they will 
fall asleep at night with my words going through their head and they'll <laughs> panic and they'll. What you do know, you think he meant by that? What do, you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they'll call the realtor and they'll, you know, so we have to be so careful about yeah. what we say. And, and that's why I just, I really try to keep it away from the emotional aspect. You know, here's what I found. Uh, this is my service to you. My best job that I can do is, is to find everything. Uh, here's the sort of major issues. Here's the minor ones. And, you know, I never say buy or don't buy unless it's really serious. So what about this idea of pass or fail? We used to hear a lot of language around, like, this house failed inspection. Yeah, I hear that a lot still. I actually, like, a lot of people are like, oh, so did it did it pass? Um, I, we don't really have that system. I, 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 I've never been aware of any system. that I know some of the reporting software would be like, you know, it, it kind of evolved over time from the 70s. Initially, it was like a pass or fail. Maybe like there was a checkbox on the it. The thermal imaging camera doesn't say pass. Yeah, just you yeah. just pointed at the house and it just says okay. You know, um, but yeah, you know, the, in the olden days when you do a paper report, some of them would say pass or fail. But you know, they, it, how do you define a fail? You know, I, I does it have to be done? You know, can you live in the house if it doesn't get done? So, and then as the reporting software evolved, you get more uh, sort of uh, grading terms like poor, fair, yeah. and uh, it, you know, good. Uh, and then I just got away from that altogether. And I'm like, here is this, this is what I recommend, or here is this, and this is how old it is. And that way they can make up their own mind. But I, I've never heard of a real uh, inspector using pass or fail language. I think it's more of the the popular conception that we somehow walk into a property, fail it, and just walk away. I, <laughs> I think a lot of buyers want that. Like a, a, a lot of home inspections end with the buyer being like, so would you buy it? Oh, yeah. Every, every time. Every time. Every time. I'm so good at answering that question. So uh, my, my, you say you're so good at answering that question now because you have done over 3,000 home inspections. Oh, well, now you're going to put me in a hypothetical situation to see how I answer it. No, no, no not at all. I'm saying you've done over 3,000 home inspections, and you said earlier that maybe five times you've said, I really don't recommend you buy this house. I, I essentially really told to them not to. I didn't it. say recommend. I said you, you should, you should not. not buy yeah. this house. So those ones would probably fall under the very rare fail category. If there was a stamp, you would yeah. say fail, do not buy. Yeah. But that's five out of more than 3,000. Yeah. Uh, well, I really don't want to go on your podcast being the guy that's only failed five out of 3,000 houses because it really <laughs> sounds, sounds like a missed a lot. Yeah. Well, the, but, <laughs> but, but the um, truth is there's a lot of gray areas, no. right? There's like, a lot, there's of, a lot of, okay, if you can get the seller to do this, then it's probably okay to do that. Or if you're all right taking on this big project, then it's okay to do that. Like there's a lot of yeah, this, choices that this, the buyer makes. The second thing you just said, if yeah. you're okay with X, then go ahead. Yeah. And that's really how I answer the question every yeah. time is, is uh, you know, somebody will stand there in the kitchen and they'll be like, I just showed them everything in this huge house and they go, well, would you buy it? And I'm like, well, I'll usually say, what's your, like, do you have a repair budget? And they'll usually say, oh yeah, we were planning on spending a hundred grand on renos. Hey, no problem. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've got maybe 20,000 bucks in uh, water leakage and, and plumbing issues. That's not too bad, but you know, you would need about $20,000 to fix up this house. And then I let them make up their mind. And usually that, that, that helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you're okay with X, then <laughs> yeah. do you want it? My, my favorite response, uh, an inspector I, I, I know in town always responds the same with, would you buy it? And his answer is always, no, I don't like the style of this house. <laughs> like, like every time he's like, <laughs> that's savage. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and he, and he pauses. Cause they always are like, no, 
And, he's, and then just makes some off-the-cuff remark about some some random thing he doesn't like. <laughs> so I guess you all have to have a stock response to that question because you get it every time. We get it so much, yeah. And uh, But it, yeah, it, it depends. And I mean, sometimes I'll say, hey, you know what? I really like the house. I'm allowed to, you know, we're allowed to editorialize a little bit. But, yeah. uh, you know, we'll say, hey, you know what? You've got a good little house here. It needs new pipes. But, um, you know, you're buying a $1.1 million house and the pipes are going to cost you... Seven thousand, ten thousand bucks, or the basement's unfinished, or, basement. or you're redoing the kitchen. So, yeah, really, you're doing that anyway. That's yeah. a lot of responsibility. That question. It's it's a tough <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> well, you guys, did they ask you guys that too? Yeah, after? but that is our job. Like our job is to give them advice on what they're buying. That that that's. I find part we of don't get that question so much though because of the element of like, well, you you want to close the deal. Oh really? You know what I mean? Like the yeah. like the would you buy it? It's kind of like what would you do about this? I don't get a flat out would you buy it. It's like what do you think I should do about the findings of the inspection? Yeah, it's not worded would you buy it usually, but I do get a lot of should I buy it? Like I I get that question after a home inspection usually the next day when we're kind of debriefing. <laughs> <laughs> are are you allowed to say that? Yeah, our job is to give advice. But you on... can say like I recommend buying this house? Yeah, and a lot of times oh, okay. a lot of times the answer is not unless we can knock some money off the price for what, <laughs> to compensate for what happened. Or we advise on value a lot of times. Like, okay, well, after that, that changes the value, or that doesn't change the value. Yeah, I still think it's worth what it was worth before, hmm. and I and I still think it is or isn't a good fit for you. Um, and it's a comparative yeah. thing too, right? You say, well, yes. we found these things in this old house. You know, if it's not going to be this one, what's the next one going to be down the street? And what are we likely to find there? Totally. Well, yeah, we're probably talking about the roof there too and some perimeter drainage and some electrical. Like they're all going to have some of these things. They just come in different quantities in different houses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And I've had a couple of cases where I've done more than one inspection for the same buyer. And by the time we get up to about the second or third one, they're realizing that we're going to find something in any house. Yeah, it just depends on how severe it is. It's a hundred year old house or seven year old, like yeah, nothing's perfect. They have different, yeah, different cycles. And yeah. I want to mention that for our listeners because we've teased this before that there are some inspectors, and I don't, I don't experience them in the market anymore today. But in the past, who really had a reputation of no matter what the circumstances, essentially saying. I do not recommend you buy this house the first time they meet with a client, their first inspection, so they could get another job out of that same client. Because they're like, oh, my inspector was so good. They said, I shouldn't even buy this house. I'll go find another one, and I'm definitely hiring that inspector again. Right, so he gets two jobs out of one. Is that, yeah. is that the idea? Yeah. yeah. The guy I'm thinking of, uh, I know exactly. rule was, was three. three. The third oh, one Oh, he wanted pass. three inspections. Yeah, yeah. First two failed every time, third one passed. See, that's a good way to get yourself run out of town because collapsing yeah. deals for the sake of get I mean, that's just fraud, right? You know, I, yeah, it was. Um, I know who you're thinking about too. I can name. I, there's two guys. <laughs> I know their names, their companies, everything. Uh, one of them is no longer in business, but he the he one was, I was talking about is no longer in business. But, there, yeah. but, but there's yeah. a there's a new one. Yes, yeah, and they, they <laughs> build a website that is built entirely around do not trust your realtor. Yes, yeah, they really sow a lot of uh, distrust. Yeah, your uh, realtor is going to say that I'm li- – right now what I'm saying, Matt Brabbins, is a lie. They're, get, they're getting ahead of Matt. Yeah, they're like, no, <laughs> Matt is lying. I'm only failing that house because it's a bad house for you. Don't believe your realtor. They just want to close the deal. Uh, well, They're just as much a risk. The guy who yeah. went out of business, if we're thinking of the same person, one of the reasons he went out of business is he got caught. He failed a home inspection on uh, – the roof was falling apart. And the neighbor who was a cop was sitting on his porch the entire time he was there and was like, he never went on the roof. Like oh, and he, it, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Like it became a whole legal 
battle. It, mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's out of business. <laughs> yeah. That was like, you know, that's something that would just inevitably happen, I think, with, yeah. with that kind of business. Yeah. You can model, only but... run that for so long before somebody's yeah. like, uh, and, and, and I see this, you know, and, and it does happen with, um, probably more prevalent than the, the, the killing a whole bunch of deals, uh, yeah. model is the, um, the showboating. Uh, you know, like where, oh, yeah. where everybody, th- you know, the, the inspector thinks he's Mike Holmes and he's, he's like a hero. Uh, and, and again, we can be heroes sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've felt pretty good sometimes, you know, we find major yeah. issues and save the client a ton of money. And I get this emotional email later, David, thank you so much. You know, you saved us a bundle. Uh, but I think acting like a, uh, you know, a reality TV show star at every inspection, uh, is, is not really a good model because you just end up. Uh, like I said, you just you end up blowing things out of proportion, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's what that guy did every single time. Like he, he would just, um, I, I think if it's the same guy you're thinking I, about, I, he I think would we're actually, talking about the same person. Yeah. Yeah. I heard can, a, I, can I ask you another question? I just want to move on to a different uh, vein here before I forget. Um, Cause we're talking about buyers interpreting the inspection. What would you say? Cause you've done so many now with buyers at the inspection, what should they do when they're there? Okay, yeah. So um, we've talked a lot about the process, but I know we're kind of running out of time. But yeah, w- sure. Yeah, when they're there, um, when they're there, if if the buyer's there uh, and it's a bigger house, I usually recommend they take pictures and measurements as opposed to following the inspector. Um, I really uh, like nicely. I usually ask people not to to follow me, especially uh, if we go up to an area like uh, an attic or a roof where they're standing there right behind me. It's it's a little difficult to to focus sometimes. Um, if they really want to touch touch in a couple times during the inspection, I think that's a great way of doing it. And usually what I'll do, if they're there the whole time, every once in a while I'll pull them, uh, I'll tap them on the shoulder and say, hey guys, uh, just while I'm in the furnace room, let me show you how the furnace works. Right. And uh, I think that's a good way to do it. Um, uh, and then some buyers will come at the end for a walkthrough. And I think that's been... Uh, mostly uh, working with you guys is that the buyer will come more toward the end. We like um, to give you space to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, you know, from an inspection standpoint, it does allow us to focus a little bit more, but I'll never, you know, stop somebody from coming to the to the house. I mean, but it it's allows a, you to do a better job and and be, be focused, right? Not distracted. Yeah, definitely. And, and just to clarify, because we were going to talk about this at the beginning, oh, yeah. <laughs> but we totally didn't. Uh, when David mentions working with you guys, he's talking about the New West guys. Um, we had intended originally, and I'm glad it worked out because David, I think you've been a fantastic guest, but the original idea was to get an, a home inspector for this episode that we never, none of us had, had ever worked with. Uh, but the couple people we were chasing, uh, bailed probably because we've never worked with them and, <laughs> and they, they don't know us. Um, so, uh, David is a home inspector that the new West guys use. Um, this is the first time I've ever met you. So, um, just to put that out there on how that all works. That's why Jeff's been such a jerk all day today. Yeah, I'm uh, (laughs) asking the (laughs) hard-hitting questions. So, uh, but to bring that back, so our clients, we tend to say, uh, you know, come near the end, give yourself a chance to do a walkthrough with David. I usually say he's going to point out, you know, the big things that you need to know about, and it's helpful to see those in person versus just on a report. Um, So you're saying, give the inspector some space to work, don't necessarily hover behind their shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember this one inspection I did in Surrey, and I pulled into the driveway 15 minutes early, and there was already eight people on the driveway waiting for me, and they were all the buyer's family. And they proceeded to I – was, I was a little bit younger then, so I wasn't as uh, – like I, I didn't want to say anything, but they followed me for four hours. 
this eight people. And they came and went and things like that. But it was really a hard inspection. We had a lot of experts there, right? You know, this uncle over here, he's worked in, uh, you know, know, has a friend who's a plumber. (laughs) There's, uh, it's funny, if you go to a home inspector um, uh, school and you're you're going through the, the curriculum, one of the actual textbooks that is part of the standard curriculum there's a chapter in there on dealing with the father-in-law. <laughs> no way. No way. I, I am not kidding. If you want, I can take a picture of it later and send it to you. There's that a, is there's amazing. There's a chapter about how to handle it when the father-in-law shows up. And, and, and there should be because I feel like that, that comes up all the time. All the time. And, uh, and it, it actually gives strategies on how to win them over to your side uh, and how to... I need to see this chapter. Yeah, I'm going to send that to you guys. Yeah, you can... Pump his tires. Uh, yeah, you know, because uh, a lot of... Uh, well, fathers and fathers-in-law, you know, they'll show up with their tool belts. I've yeah. had it where they show up with their tool belt and then... Well, and it can get competitive, right? Yeah. Where sometimes they need to one-up you. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, it's, 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 it's actually one of the hidden... Uh, not problems, but it's it's a challenge for sure. Yeah, uh, is that the most frustrating part of being a home inspector? <laughs> uh, I think on your outline you said realtors, but uh, yeah, no, it, that, it, that could be an acceptable response. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I I really think uh, you know just to just kind of summarize is that you know you hear these stories about uh, realtors and and uh, you hear these stories about uh, people you know clients uh, fathers coming to the inspection and yelling at the inspector and. But but generally in this industry, I've been really uh, blessed by meeting a lot of really wonderful people, and I, uh, most of the people I work with and, and realtors are are really out for the. And I'm really I'm not just paying you guys lift service. I'm just saying most of the people I work with <laughs> on a day to day basis genuinely want the best for their client. Yeah, you know they they aren't into to. And I think the ones that that try to. Uh, fast talk and and push inspections through and and get drive-by home inspectors you know where they're only going to be there and just pass the house no matter what i think that they don't really last in the industry that, that that's my impression anyways because i always see those type of people they'll pop up and then they'll just disappear really fast so okay well i think that covers our main topic now before we let you go david you did you bring a question for us uh yeah i did and um I have answered it, but I wanted to see how you guys uh, would answer the question is, is how do you deal with relatives? Check out the big brain on Brad. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. That is an excellent question. Yeah, we should have a chapter in the real estate book <laughs> on how to deal with fathers and fathers-in-law. You can borrow my my page. I, I would say the biggest challenge of dealing with parents is that they usually parachute in at the end. And not so much now because it's it's been in the news how crazy the real estate market has been. But a lot of times they're out of touch with where the market is. Like I find – you show them the best one of the 20 homes we've looked at. And they're like, that's all you get for $500,000? That is not good enough for You're my like, kid. You're like, well, wait till you see the other choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're lacking perspective. And they want to be the suit. The su- you get the superhero, you know, dad. We get it sometimes with, with, you know, like a daughter or something. They're just, they're just obviously, they, they love their child. They're, and they just want to protect them. And, and they've never met us before. So, yeah. like, establishing, same like with, with you and inspecting, you need to establish the trust, like, right away. Because otherwise, like, who is this guy? What does he think he's doing? And 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 it's nothing's good enough. And yeah, they don't know all the other, you know, the crap that you've seen, or there's not a lot that we've seen, or 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 whatnot. So they can um, 
they can kill things right away. I've had, I've had clients in tears before because they really love the place and dad will not let them buy that house or, or property or whatever. I, I had uh, a um, Chinese-Canadian couple that when we started looking gave me the real hard speech you don't need to worry about any of the superstitious stuff with us. We think all the lucky numbers, unlucky numbers, all of that is garbage. We're like, okay. And um, the unit number that they picked was 44. And fours, if you're traditional uh, in Chinese culture, are really unlucky. But it equals eight. I don't think it works that way. You oh. can't just add it together. Um, Doesn't it mean death? Yeah, it? yeah, it means death. Yeah. And there, And again... When they saw it, they're like, don't worry. We think that's dumb. Like, blah, blah, blah. It'd just be like, you know, living on the 13th floor or whatever. Who cares? But the parents cared. And there was no saving that deal. Especially if they're, if <laughs> like, they're paying for things or down payments. Like, you need oh, to yeah. Go, yeah. Someone's involved in this transaction. They need to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and the poor buyers were so embarrassed. They're like, we know we told you this didn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, I think the simplest answer to the question, I, I was given this advice really early in my career, is if you get the vibe at all early on that someone is going to want advice from a family member, you need to engage them earlier than at the end when you find the right place. Yeah. So like Jeff and Jared said, right, they want to be a hero, they want to look out for you, they want the best for you, but they can only do that if they understand. So you've got to bring them in. So you've got to find a way to un- to know. You have to start asking, like, hey, you know, you seem like you, you mentioned your mom a couple of times. You know, she's going to be pretty interested in the place. Do you want to bring her in to see some of these? Do they have some hand in the financing that's going on? Because as soon as they've got money in the game, and, and, you know, the kids, they give their parents then more say in what's going on, right? right? Even though the parents themselves want to say, oh, I'm giving you autonomy. I'm giving you the money to do this. I want you to choose your own place. The kids feel compelled to listen to more of what mom and dad have to say. So you got to ask early, do a little discovery, get everybody involved, get them all equally educated, and then it all goes okay. And you have to give dad, and I'm being sexist because it can be mom too, but more often than not, it's dad. you got, you got to find dad's hero moment and almost give it to him. That's <laughs> actually what our book Is says. that what the yeah. book says? Yeah. yeah. Like you've got you to gotta give him status at some point, right? Where you're like, yeah, your dad's giving great advice here. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> That 30-year-old real estate advice he's giving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. That's a great question. Thank you, David. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, I think it's been really helpful for anybody who's thinking of doing a home inspection soon. I'm going to be uh, suggesting they listen to this. So if they've made it this far, thanks for listening because I do think it's really going to help you out in setting yourself up for a good home inspection. And you got a website? Yeah, uh, vancouverinspections.com. Awesome. And if, if you guys want to find Matt Brabens or Jeremy Ray, you can find them at Real Estate... No, that's my website. <laughs> I all, and I would have gotten away with it, too. Uh, you can you can find them at thenewwestguys.com. If you want to find me, Jeff McLennan, I am at realestatenewwest.com. Thank you guys very much for listening. I thought that went pretty well. Yeah, there's a lot of good content in there yeah. for... I feel like we might need a part two. <laughs> part two, I've got some... I've got stories. <laughs> we need to do like a Halloween episode of just like home inspection horror stories. Horror stories. And it turned out to be a leaky condo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Dave, you were mentioning last, I think it was last time we saw you, that you uh, you guys moved out of New West and you're living in the Valley right now? Yes. The we had a place that we bought a long time ago in Chilliwack as an escape plan. And uh, we escaped 
<laughs> you got your so, go bag and yeah i just <laughs> my wife's like i'm expecting him like run we're just getting the car uh and uh so we uh we did a renovation and and quickly uh escaped out there so what uh what i'm doing is all of our business is in new west and we just make big trips out here sometimes i'll, I'll stay in new west and uh just take care of uh, business out here and then go back and did you and, keep uh, your place here no we got rid of it Okay. Not got rid of so you're just sleeping on the street, or what do, what do you do? Uh, no, no, no. No, we've got uh, – my wife uh, grew up in Chillax. We've got tons of family out there. So uh, yeah. there, was a, there was a renovation time, and now we're, we're in that house. So, oh, uh, I meant when you stay in New West. You said sometimes you stay out here. Oh, oh our office has, has uh, oh, a living in... space. Oh, yeah. okay. That makes no, sense. No, I'm not just sleeping on the <laughs> I wondered why the office seemed so familiar to Dave when he came in. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, this is uh, yeah. there's there's a great sleep. dumpster. <laughs> back. It's so good. The realtors throw away the real good food. Um, so you're in the middle of a rental, or have you done like the, the big parts? It's basically done. Yeah, yeah we live yeah. in a house. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, place. It's not, you know, New West was a young, is, is a young, really vibrant place, and, and Chilliwack is very different. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of uh, you know, and and what really surprised me, I'm six foot five, and I went out there, and there's we these... know, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not <laughs> clearly, not. Uh, but I, you know, there's 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 Dutch farmers out there that are like just just pushing seven feet, and I'm actually not that tall for for Chilliwack, so really, yeah, it's the corn. So you bought an, an old old house out there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We bought an old house, fixed it up, and uh, Did you, inspect, land you inspected it first, and yeah, it, it yeah. passed. Actually, I didn't want to have any emotional uh, connection to it, so I actually got a second opinion from an inspector friend of mine. Oh, um, I was t- my wife correctly identified that I would just be like, "Well, I want this house, so it's perfect, right?" So <laughs> that's uh, I had Jeremy sell my house or my my con my townhouse. I sold oh, Matt. Really? I sold okay. Matt's house. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we have Matt the same problem. No, the exact same problem. Yeah. And and I was. Totally the same. Like, as soon as the showing would end, I'd be on the phone and be like, Jer, what did they think? And he's like, I don't know. They're literally standing a foot away from me. Like, calm down. <laughs> and you're not going to take, like, someone's like, oh, I would. I don't know why they chose that paint color. Like, I'm not going to tell Jeff that. Whereas if Jeff's selling his house, he can be like, what, what yeah. did you just say? Now you can't buy it. <laughs> you get too emotionally involved, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good tip for anybody in the industry is to get a second opinion if it's your own. Cause oh yeah, you're, you're like we were talking about earlier is how emotional real estate is. Your brain just goes right out the window as soon as you're picturing yourself standing in that kitchen, yeah, with yeah. your kids, or you're you're picturing yourself mowing that lawn. Totally different. My my dad bought his dad's house, and when he did. My grandpa hired a realtor. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knew he would make some sort of weird mistake? Um, I think it was actually mostly because dad's not the only child. And he wanted a paper trail of like, this was, he got no special treatment. This was all done above board. Like, he didn't have, get like a discount purchase yeah. price. Like. Honest valuation and everything. Yeah. yeah totally. Are you guys planning on, are you going to come back to New West or, or are you, is it a trial run out there? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been um, good at keeping my family and my work life kind of separate. And uh, I think that it didn't really impact us in as much as we thought. I actually really enjoy being on the highway. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I will just. Uh, Learn Russian while I'm driving or whatever. There's so much time, right? Do you, so, yeah. do you blast podcasts? Do you blast music? What? What's yeah, your? Yeah, he's a listener, podcast, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, I've yeah. lost this podcast. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys got some good good content, but uh, yeah, yeah, mostly that. And uh, for me, it's kind of nice, you know. You just drive through the farmland a little bit, and uh, but we we've always moved a lot. My wife, uh, you know, moved a lot uh, her whole life, and uh, she's really nomadic that way. So who knows? I mean, we might uh, those music uh, teachers, man. Oh, they're crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't show her this video, please. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a different, uh, pricing out there and I don't know if, uh, uh move back here, but I, I, we just love New West so much. Like we, when we first found New West is, is right around the time we got married and there was so much emotional connection to, to New West. We'll just never not be, uh, New Westers at heart. I just don't, you know, it, it's, it's such a great place. What do you miss the most? I miss going to, uh, you know, walking down the street and just seeing people I know. Uh, yeah. And you don't get that in in downtown Vancouver, or you don't get that. Well, maybe you do, but you you do not. But, I just moved back to New West from Vancouver. Oh, and I think that's been the weirdest culture shock for my wife. She grew up in Vancouver, and just walking around, you're like, you go to the grocery store and you see three people you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. and it's so weird because I hear that time and again. Like I'll do inspections in New West, and people are like, yeah, we were shopping around Burnaby or Surrey or whatever, and it they, they're they're great communities in their own right, but. Here, it really still feels like a small town. Yeah. And it's got old uh, buildings and the architecture. It's just, it's very unique. Um, and I think it's just the age of the, the, the city. It's just, you can't get that anywhere else. He's a fan. We, we agree. We agree. Move to New West and call these guys. 